I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my mission. I'ma roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition, this new edition, filling positions. Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing. Better watch the way you're going. Better go in the right direction. In the moment, you stressing, but you gon' be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working, open curtains. Haters swerving, cause they ain't ready for your final version. Whoa. I'm never gon' give up, give up. Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah. You're listening to the Toxic and Show on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, your home for community radio. Good morning and afternoon and evening, everyone. Uh, I, I phrase it that way because tomorrow is it's actually tomorrow in Australia. And what does that say about time and man and inventions? And some folks say that we, the human species, created time for economic reasons, kind of judge the seasons and the planting seasons, et cetera. Uh, but I believe that sometimes there's some something called justice time that is not subject to mornings or afternoons or evenings. And But sometimes that justice kind of does not shine on everyone. And sometimes uh, it does just shine on some folks. But again, that might be because of man and, and their d- decisions and their power and their definition of what justice is. So we're going to talk about justice for is justice something for for all, or is it just for for some? Uh, James Jeter and Malik Jackson are here w- with me to kind of really uh, unpack th- that that phrase, but not just in a, a theoretical or academic standpoint, but from a real life, day in day out uh, situation in terms of how the just the wheels of justice sometimes turn for some and sometimes trample others. Uh, really blessed to have Malik and and James with us. They have about 50 minutes or so to kind of really unpack it. Uh, James is going to take the lead and, and share with uh, share with the folks uh, what, what his involvement is just in terms of this freedom struggle liberation. And Mr. Jackson that has some personal stories to tell. And I, I, this show is important for me because all of my shows are important. But for us to realize that circumstances can, can kind of uh, uh, land on some folks and, and, and not land on others. So as we as you listen to the show, Think about how fortunate you might be regardless of your circumstances, but also what can we do after, after the end of this show to make sure that justice is more uniform, widespread, and available to all. Uh, Ms. Mr. Dieter, kind of kick us off and give us a give us a little context in terms of why we are here. Uh, good morning, Tom. How are you doing this morning? Um, I'm James Jeter, uh co-founder and executive director of the Full Citizens Coalition. Um, and we're we're here uh, I, I, as a way to um, bring a conversation that we've been trying to have um, in having uh, across the city um, on what transpired in our communities in this time period mm-hmm. uh, of policing in the 90s and late 80s and what our entire community have become subject to and has has suffered loss. Um, lost to because of it. And um, in that conversation, you know, uh, we've been able to highlight um, the Malik Jones case. Um, and and, and I, I just call our work like being like um, a bullhorn, like mm-hmm. the, work, the work to get Malik home, you know, took place by Malik. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can attest to that. Uh, during my incarceration, I was in the cell with Malik. Malik went to work, came home and laid out legal work all over the floor for hours 
And that was his routine because he was fighting to get something off him that didn't belong to him. And so um, just having the opportunity to highlight that, um, knowing that sometimes that's what you need in this fight because so much abuse happens in the shadows of our court systems. Indeed. um, Indeed. Malik, turn it over to Malik. Yeah, Malik, welcome. Good to see you. And uh, again, we have about 40, 50 minutes, so you can chat. And and so you have the mic as long as you like it. Hey, how you doing, um, um, Tom? Um, yeah, man. Um, I'm first of all blessed just to, you know, a brother like James, you know what I mean? Obviously, we see the type of work that he do, you know what I mean? And he's he's passionate about that, um, you know, and to have somebody like that, you know, um, support me and, um, you know, fight along with me, you know, that, that you know, that can't, I can't, I can't thank him enough. Like, words mm. can't suffice that. Mm. Now, and not just him, you know, it's it's a whole bunch of, it was a collaborative, you know what I mean? But yeah, um, I, I, it, I, I don't know what, <laughs> what to oh, say. You're, I mean, you're, 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 home, you're home now. Yes, home now. Um, and, and, and I'm grateful for that. You had mentioned something when you were, uh, you know, when you were, you know, speaking before we um, actually came on about, about justice. And, you know, there were times, you know, throughout, you know, this, this, this fight for me that, um, you know, I always wondered, you know, you know, why, why is justice, you know, going past me? Like when, when is justice going to find me? You know what I mean? And um, to an extent it did, you know, and that's because I, I, I always believed, you know, in, in the truth. And I know that I was innocent and, you know, I was just going to keep fighting until, you know, we got to where I'm at now. And, and folks can kind of Google and Malik Jones, and you've been in the news a lot. Uh, you were behind bars for how long again? For 31 years. So for folks to kind of realize uh, 31 years, and now you've been proven to be innocent. Yes. So just to um, kind of... Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. No, I didn't mean go to ahead. Finish. No, I, I wanted you to finish, you know. Well, no, <laughs> just, just, just that fact is, I think for people to kind of take that in for a second uh and you're still speaking as a just when i see you on the screen you, you certainly have your, your your bitterness but but your humanity is just still just just as i can i can feel it from the screen i can feel yeah, it from the screen um, yeah it, it i mean obviously you know for people you, you, they say no one knows the burden like he who carries it right mm-hmm. so i carry this for a long time i mean you know it, it, it wasn't easy. You know, it's mm-hmm. not easy even now, you know, being in prison for 31 years. And then, you know, I'm coming out. I came to prison when I was 19 years old. And like the world is different now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything is different. I struggle with, you know, trying to work my phone, like trying to get on Zoom or, or even working the TV. So, I mean, it, it but not only that, you know, what, what went into me, um, you know, fighting to uh, you make this a reality, like, you know, going on my case pro se, going into court, you know, and, you know, getting the courts turned, everybody turning away. And every time I go in there, I'm getting, you know, the, the wrong results. And, you know, it this this process, it was just hard, you know, it was just mm-hmm. hard. But, um, you know, I, I, I kept with it, you know, because I knew at the end of the day that, you know, you know, justice was on my side, like the truth was on my side. So I had to keep fighting, you know what I mean? I had to keep fighting and I did that. And, and and James, kind of kind of weigh in and give us a little bit more of the you, you referenced the, um, the the dynamics that were taking place in the eighties and nineties and even I would dare say, 
even today, some of those dynamics are still in place. And people like Malik and, and what you're involved with, I always like to kind of not sugarcoat the past, but also have us be inspired for what the future might be if we are all committed to being dedicated and persevering for justice for all. So kind of kind of um, talk a little bit more about how Malik, the Malik situation, the, the tragedy transpired, but also what you're involved with to kind of limit the number of these tragedies moving forward. Okay. Um, man, also, well, the, the work that we do uh, currently is really, um, we work, we work on rights restoration. We work on um, putting into felony disenfranchisement and to re-engage in our community civically uh, to, to start having different conversations around politics and start seeing like the, the power to vote as the ability to be, to build equity, like mm -hmm. um, to, to, to actually own your communities. And um, there's ways to think about it that are, that aren't traditional and being divided by party lines and more so communal ways to think about about voting. So, um, you know, that is the way that we want to bring back to the community. And especially because we know we know the damage that mass incarceration, um, which is just the birth of the over-policing and over-arresting um, and over-convicting of our communities. So um, what that, the damage that, 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 that system has done in disengaging our communities um, from understanding uh, their electoral powers, their, their civic powers, because, mm -hmm. you know, up until 2003, if you were convicted in Connecticut, you lost your right permanently. So those, that, mm. those are generations, you know, those are mm -hmm. generations of disengaged people as the system grows um, and that harm becomes the next generation of disengagement. Um, so, you know, it it, it just perpetu it keeps perpetuating, even without the system at this point, it's just perpetuating. Um, and so the work that needs to be done is so ingrained that we have to be as ingrained on where we're engaging at. So mm -hmm. that's in the communities and in the prisons and restoring those rights. Um, but I think out of that system and out of that process, you see a time, you know, the black narrative has always swayed in larger uh, white Western thought between this thing of the immoral or the criminal. Right, it hasn't been stabilized in anything outside of it unless it's extremely docile mm -hmm. historically. Mm -hmm. um, and so, when you get the, you know, coming out of slavery, it goes from, uh, uh, do they have the ability to be moral to, are they innately criminal? Right, mm -hmm. and, and you see the largest wave of, of plantation death after slavery because you had convict leasing. People were just being arrested and convicted for things that weren't real. So mm. if you're leaving work and you, you get arrested for being vagrant and then you wind up back on the plantation paying off a debt and dying there. So, you know, we see right out of that, right out of that policing becomes something um, that is ingraining the prior system and, mm. and codifying it in our laws. Mm. And um, we 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 see that ramped up through mass incarceration and the disengagement in our communities. But because at that point we had this criminal narrative again, you know, it it it's way back to criminality coming coming out of the seventies, really out of fear of the black liberations uh, movements and the Panthers and all that. You create you create this criminal uh, thought process around black communities, flooding with drugs, and it's okay to now manage us to ease the fear of 
any suburb, any, any all white thought, managing us eases the fear of that part of our country. And so that's not like a, a sectional part. That's a demographic part. That's all throughout Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And so the way that the way that police were able to manage New Haven became a susceptible thing because it eased your fear and it gave the the narrative, you know, and we embedded it into culture through TV, through all these cop shows that cops have a right to break the law in order to enforce it when it comes to certain people. And those shows are driven towards our community in that manner. And it actually is playing out in our streets like that. And our, and our communities are becoming more and more um, disempowered because we're, we're disengaging from the, from our way to change the system. And, you know, our communities are losing whether it's male, female, being incarcerated for extremely long t- periods of time, over-sentenced, um, or in the most tragic uh, times, falsely uh, arrested and convicted, um, and then having to live under that because of how insular and relationship-based the system is, right? And, and that image still has to be upheld to, to, to other communities of who we are. So these are like mm-hmm. big moments right now when, you, when you're able to, to, to help someone remove that from them because it, it it allows all of the parts of the system that had to work together in order to, to convict and uphold, they're, they're exposed for some time. And that light, like, while it's there, really needs to, like, people have to take to it and mm-hmm. really examine what's, what, what's, what's being seen before them because it's a, it's a cycle. It won't stop happening. And Malik, talk about, I want to, there's a few questions I want to ask you, but uh, talk about during that time and, and James as well, um, what kind of legal hoops? And I, I know you're not, not a lawyer, but just in terms of your your learning curve and the appeal process and just what what you had to do to continue to understand that this is not a a, a sprint, but but a, but a marathon, and in your in your your life literally is at stake. Uh, share a little bit about the, the the highlights of your the appeal process and the kind of filings you had to do and whether you re- received any support and. Yeah, so obviously, you know, when I came to prison, I knew nothing about law. Um, I was a, you know, I was a teenager. I was, I was arrested for a crime I didn't commit. Um, it was difficult because I was going into court. You know, they would say words that I didn't understand. It was just a process that I did just didn't know. So I felt helpless. You know what I mean? And so after a while, when I like when I went to trial, I just knew. Even before trial, I just I realized that I was just a file. Like. That's the way, you know, the, the court appointed attorney in my case, he treated me like a foul. Like, I, he never came to me. He never really explained to me, you know, uh, the process or what he was going to do. And, you know, I went back and forth with, with that. And that played out at my at, at my trial. Like, my lawyer actually did nothing. And I got convicted when there was evidence, you know, that showed that I that I wasn't involved in this, that, that I was innocent. But that never was able to come out because... The attorney really didn't have my best interest, you know, at that time. So, you know, early on, I realized that in order for me to help myself, I'm going to have to, you know, learn mm-hmm. what this process is. Like, I'm going to have to learn the law. So I had to, you know, I had to go buy me a dictionary. I had to buy me a legal a legal dictionary. And I had to start learning, you know, some of the words that were being used and learn what the rules of court were, was, what a habeas was, what an appeal was, you know, and... So from there, I, you know, I started to learn and I started to read different cases, you know, what legal authorities were and these things, you know, it started to become apparent to me, you know, what some of this stuff was about, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But still in all, it was still difficult, you know, mm-hmm. here it is, you know, I'm not educated in law 
you know, at the time I didn't even have a diploma. So the first thing I did was I said, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what adversity I'm going through, I'm going to educate myself, you know, mm. so that I can be able to help myself. Mm. So that's what I did. You know, I went and got my diploma immediately. And then I just started to learn and learn and learn and use and, and just look at other people's experiences as well. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was difficult. I mean, I went through an appeal all along in my mind. I'm saying when I, what I'm reading and what is taking place in court, they're not adding up. Like I'm reading what the law says, but yet this is not what's playing out in, in you know, either in the courthouses or in the appeal. So mm-hmm. I'm saying to myself, yeah, something is wrong here. So it just made me want to, you know, keep learning and studying and you know and i just kept at it and kept at it and you know after a while i started to adopt certain things some people used to come to me and ask me legal questions and i mm. you know i used to be able to help them but mm-hmm. one of the most difficult things i think with trying to up uh, fight your case yourself is the emotional attachment that you have like you know what i mean so mm. sometimes you can't be objective with with something that you're emotionally attached with so one of the biggest things is is trying to separate yourself from your emotion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. how can you do that? Because you are your emotions. So that was one of the difficult things that I um you know that I encountered while trying to learn you know how to help myself because I knew at the end of the day in order for me to really know or help myself or know what lawyers had to do, I had to learn about it first. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But even then, you know, it was still always me battling against my attorneys, which. It's crazy, right? Because, you know, we think that attorney is supposed to be there to help you, you know, and at the end of the day, I I, I started feeling at some point that, you know, <laughs> that that's not what it was, mm. you know, but I always kept feeling that, you know, as long as I learn what it is that they need to do, then I can still help myself along the process. And I did that, you know, I, I kept learning and learning and, you know, even even at this latest thing, you know, I I, I would go at it with, with the attorneys mm-hmm. because... I knew my case. You know what I mean? I lived it. I breathed it. I slept it for all of these years. And, you know, sometimes to be told that, oh, yeah, well, you know, you, you might be seeing something wrong. I mean, I, you know, I'm the first one to admit that I'm, you know, I didn't pass the bar. I don't think that I know more than somebody that went to school for six or eight years. However, I know my case. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, you know, so I used to be going back having these philosophical, you know, or strategic issues with the attorneys. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I stuck with what I believed in mm-hmm. and the things that I've researched. And I, a lot of that is a testament to, to, to what happened in court, in, in federal court. Because mm-hmm. I always believed that, I don't know, somehow the state just, you know, they just were adamant not to, re- you know, to reverse a, a blatant injustice. My case was a blatant injustice. Um, it, it always, it, like, it, it baffled me, right? So... When I went to uh, my oral argument in federal court, the federal judge rendered her decision, which it was basically favorable. She flipped my case on two claims, right? So in her ruling, she basically said that what the state did was was unreasonable and unconstitutional, but yet the state had the same information that she had. So Mm. I don't get how she was able to reach the conclusion that she reached, but yet the state courts having the same information you know, reached a different conclusion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the end of the day, that just, it, 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 it didn't really baffle me because obviously, you know, I've been seeing, you know, so many things going on, you know, throughout the years, but I, I know it was just something that, 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 that stood out to me when I read um, her decision, which was a lengthy decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. James, weigh in a little bit, because, and I do want to move to the future, but we have another 20, 30 or 40 minutes. Uh, just in terms of, for someone that's listening to this, they're going to say, are you saying that the uh, folks that have passed a bar and folks that have sworn to uphold justice, put their hand on the Bible, uh, have lied or not done their job or have, have, or have had ulterior motives and in this case and in others I guess the answer the answer is yes um yeah I, I think um somehow there's a there's cognitive dissonance between what we um experience and yet what we hold to be true mm-hmm. so most people who have had any contact with the criminal justice system um knows that law that most court court in general, is a place of processes more than is a place of law mm. uh, in 90% of the cases. Like um, my first arrest was in 1996 and, you know, there wasn't, no one like went over any of the evidence supposedly against me or explain what my charges were. It was just like, you've never been arrested. You can get, you can use a youth offender and go home today. Right. And so law isn't an actual process, a uh, practice, but this is a lawyer telling me this. Mm-hmm. And taking me up there's, I order. I accept the the charges under my youthful offender. I go home. Right. I don't know what just happened. And it wasn't law. It was on mm. process. And mm. so, but we assume that law is taking place. That it's the courtroom we see on TV. When in actuality, you have people who, because you know they're 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 invested in the process and they're invested in the relationship. Law will never take place in the courtroom. Mm. Like justice cannot be found through. The structure and the, the the theory and the culture of what law should be, um, as written, a, a jury of your peers, Sorry, you know, and and just to kind of close that loop because the question I'm going to ask, I'll, I'll phrase it now, but I want to have another question before that. If uh, if we had the current police police chief Carl Jacobson on on the on this call, what you would like to say to him? So I want to ask you that. But 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 talk about the the uh, malfeasance just in terms of the case that you saw the. Uh, police department participating in what what were they oh so, i mean well it, it, it's really about how um the culture of policing had become um as a whole you know um there are officers who have had great career promoted several times due to their illegal activity due to their ability to bend and break the law um mm-hmm. haven't been called out on it and you know even penalized for it and still yet be promoted within the department um, or stay on the force, period. Um, so th- that's the culture of policing um, in New Haven during that that time period. And if and if the current chief is on the phone, I'll be like, you, I mean, you owe it to your rank and to your profession to go back and, and you know, examine what, 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 what took place so it can never take place again. And it's not just one case. It's, a, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's an honest look at an era of policing and then rectifying what transpired. Because there's still people mm-hmm. in the prison. Mm-hmm. Still people in prison to this day. It's still people who have these convictions on their records around stuff that uh, didn't happen. It's still people who suffered loss because they was robbed by these officers. But mm-hmm. no, the 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 ability to um in, in, in a particular case, uh, just the ability, the the like the comfort in withholding evidence in. Uh, feeding someone a testimony um just to lock somebody up forcing someone uh to 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 say what you want them to say and when they want to the point you call you call them to lose their job this was a the level mm. of comfort like there was 
complete, you know, license to to operate in this manner. It was accepted, you know, and it was it. Mm -hmm. And, they, and it was, then it was, then it was legalized on 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 the other side once on once he was arrested for that time period it was put into the books as a, as a crime as something he convicted uh, he, he he did you know um and there's a comfortability on both sides and audacity that it's okay to deal with our communities like this indeed Malik just as as James was chatting I what came to my mind with some of the pictures that I've I've seen of you and folks at the courthouse and other events you have let's give a little shout out to some names of some folks that have been, been beside you and have supported you and that you want to kind of say say a thank you to? Oh, one, um, Don McCullough, Don just, you know, we were following on Facebook and Don just was like, yo, man, I'm, I'm around. And I'm not used to people, people like, you know, they give a thumbs up or a heart, but they won't actually just be there when they say they're going to be there. It didn't just get active. And that, that was, um, that was Don for me. He like just got, um, um, uh, really active. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, Malik and any names come to you that you like to yeah um we got Sarah Stillman we got yeah, Sarah I was, I was getting it <laughs> she was involved with uh yeah, yeah with the documentary you know Pedro um Ram who wrote the story on me you know what I mean then it's 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 a whole bunch of people who who um you know it was it was a collaborative you know that um you know that was there to support you know what I mean obviously I got family members you know it's my my my, my sister Sabrina you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It, it was just a lot of people, man. A lot of, a lot of people. Well, share, share a few, few more names because I'm, I'm convinced. Just, just to kind of shout out and lift, lift their names into the cosmos, is so important for people to, to understand that there could be someone in your family, someone at work that that will need your help, and that we had, we talk about allyship and friends, but we got to expand. It's possible to, to, to show the love. So, so share, share a few more names. Give a few more shout outs. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at you're looking at one of the brothers right there, brother James. You know what I mean? At, um, full citizens, but he actually had people that were with him. You know that that were probably behind the scenes that I probably don't even you know what I mean personally know, but I know what their involvement you know mm -hmm. what their involvement was. Mm -hmm. And then there were a lot of brothers like that helped me in prison. Like I'm, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you got brothers that were jailhouse lawyers, man. You know that sat down and you know they I was able to bounce things off of them. They were able to give me. Um, you know what I mean? You know, uh, 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 criticism, uh, uh, constructive criticism or objectivity. And I, I don't want to ever, you know what I mean, uh, uh, forget them, 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 you know, mm -hmm. them individuals because sure. you know, that, that had a lot to do with, you know, me being able to just have the confidence, man, to, to go up in court. Just think about that. You know, I'm a person who I never uh, uh, studied law. And yet I used to go into courtrooms and, and have to, you know, perform like I was an attorney. Like mm -hmm. I was being held to an attorney. You know, they have the saying that he who represents himself in the court of law has a fool for an attorney, right? So, you know, it, it, it sometimes judges look at you like that, it, regardless of, of what, what you know and what you may not know. So, yeah, I wanted to just make sure I shout out, you know what I mean, a lot of the individuals in prison who they, you know, they're deemed jailhouse lawyers who, who actually, you know, helped me along along this 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 process full citizens coalition um you know my brother uh Ron's son racy you know mm -hmm. he was there for me you know there during those times when when I was he was my celly you know at a time when I used to be having all my legal work all around the cell and you know mm -hmm. bouncing stuff uh, you know off of him and you know he when when he came home you know he 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 became an ally and then mm. there were people that he were affiliated with, you know what I mean? That they all came out during the um, you know, the rallies. You got brothers in New Haven um that 
you know, they're part of this 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 reentry process and you know the wrongful conviction uh, uh movement. It's a movement that these brothers created. Mm -hmm. It's a band of them, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. in, in the city of New Haven that are out there, you know, coming back trying to help brothers who, who have been wrong, brothers who may be in prison that um are innocent, brothers like Scott Lewis and brothers like Adam Carmen. Um, you have a whole bunch, Marquise Jackson, Vernon Horn. It's it's just it's it's a mm -hmm. you know it's, it's it's a lot of brothers, man. You know what I mean? And they you know they've come home and you know they 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 they're giving back by you know by by trying to shed some type of light on 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 this situation because there are a lot of people who are affected by mm -hmm. um you know this misconduct that was going on during that period of time in the city. And and, and James and, and Malik, just when you're talking, uh, Malik, it occurred to me that we don't want this this particular show to be a to be a one-off. So at some point in January or February or March in terms of sustaining the movement, if we'd like to kind of bring some of the folks back on air that names you've just mentioned, it's so important. I uh, went to Bucknell University in, in middle of, of uh, Pennsylvania, Lewisburg, and you could see the, the federal penitentiary from actually the, the quad there at, in Lewisburg. Uh, so I've kind of been involved with this situation for a while. Uh, and it's it's just so important from a from a news standpoint. It's not old news; it's current news. But we want the news to be more, more more liberating than than than, than, commiser than, than commiserating. Uh, so yeah, if you'd like to kind of uh, organize this show for us to kind of you know come back in January or February or March, because uh, it's because it's so important in terms of the our returning citizens. And I I think just from a civic education standpoint for our young people to kind of hear these stories, it just there's so many positive ramifications if we, I uh, guess, understand that liberation is so important. I mentioned to uh, James before we went on air who, who was some of his his uh, uh, idols or people that he looked up to, and I mentioned Nat Turner, and he he agreed that Nat was one of the uh, people that he, he that he admires, and and I often mention Nat Turner's name. Just in, unfortunately, a lot of people don't know know who he was uh, or, or recognize the name. So it's just our liberation and abolitionist strategy. We can't. It's twenty twenty three, and uh, there's still as much work to do. Uh, I, I know who Nat is. I, I know who Nat Turner is. In fact, like my nickname, people call me Nat, and mm. there were some people who actually called me Nat Turner. You know what I mean? That like they just say it sometimes. You know what I mean? But um, I, I know who Nat is. I just wanted to double back on something too, right? Like, Please. Um, mm -hmm. it, I'm, I'm not, I'm not at all in any way saying that you know that there are no good attorneys because there are. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And um, I've actually had attorneys that I that that work with me. In fact, I just wanted to mention one attorney. I, I, he's from the city of New Haven. His name is Alex Tobbs. At you know, at at points in 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 my when he actually came and involved in my case that he actually did, you know, you know, he's one of the lawyers that I know that, that, that would fight for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, uh, he's not just the only one there. There are other right. attorneys. You know what I mean, like not all attorneys. And I'm like, it's not like I'm against attorneys. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was just speaking in terms of my experience, you know yeah. what I mean? With, you know, some of the attorneys that I've had experiences with, Indeed. you know what I mean? Um, you know, you have you have good attorneys out there, you know. So this ain't no no slight on them in in any way, you know. No, Just really? like I mean, I'm yeah. quite sure, like James had mentioned, not only in this show but even in your last show, which um, I didn't make. We were um, we were hoping that um, I could have been there for that one, you know what I mean? But. You know, it, it things just kind of happen. Yes. You know, it, it it didn't happen the way that it 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 should have or could have. You know what I mean? I just wanted to point that out. Well, you you you've been baptized in bar misfit and 
and sprinkled. So you've you've been ordained in terms of the Tom Ficklin uh, camaraderie now. So you you can you can run, but you won't be able to hide from me. So as I say, we're going to get you. <laughs> yeah, I also want to back. say too, right? Um, when I was listening to the other show, you had some you had like something up there about the last poets, like mm -hmm. so. I guess you admire them. It, it, you know, I know who they are. Like I have read um, a book that they had wrote. I think it was called Vibes of the Scribes. Mm -hmm. So they had two poems in there that I actually love. Like, and we actually had that poetry uh, uh, a book from a creative writing class that we took from, you know, the, the sister that came mm -hmm. in from Yale and me mm -hmm. and James was in that class. But I just, I just wanted to tell you that about, I, I knew who the, the last poets were and I really, really dig them. You know, they, they were important, you know what I mean? During the time period that they, um, you know, they, during the black consciousness uh, thing, man. And I, I really respect them brothers. Absolutely, absolutely. And Harry, if maybe as we kind of wind up toward the end, if we could play that that clip from the last poets uh, as we in the show, if if we have time, I, that that would be appreciated. Uh, yeah, I I love them because again, our history. There's so much in our that's rich rich in our history and our her our his story and our her story and our story. That I'm always just trying to. It's a blessing to kind of be able to do the shows just to remind people that this word, this phrase, peace on earth, goodwill toward women, men, women, children, and men is just not a phrase. It's something that we want to really uh, see if we can make make in real life. And my mind goes to, I'm not going to ask you guys about the Middle East situation, but no, I am going to ask you. Just, let's just take a little, little diversions because my mind, this problem in uh, the Middle East right now is, an, is, is infecting all of us in some, some way or the other uh, in terms of our belief in, in humanity, in terms of our just uh, not turning off, in terms of us being mad or depressed or confused uh, or, or angry. Uh, any any thoughts on the Middle East before we come back to your your story, Malik? Um, I haven't really been keeping up on the news since I've um, been home because I've been so focused on, you right. know, just trying to get my life, you know, in, in order. Um, I don't have, you know, uh, um, the historical knowledge of, of, of what's going on over there. But I mean, if from my perspective, you know, I just, I, I, I don't think that what's going over, what's going on over there is right um, in regards to, uh, you know, people who I feel uh, their land were taken, what was taken from them. And then now you have all of this stuff going on. But I believe that James probably has way more knowledge of, of right. this than I do. And yeah, and we're not gonna spend too much time, James, but your perspective, I'm, I've been, it's been put on my heart, mind and soul to guess, mention this, this war, this, uh, crisis, this killing on both sides, the murders, the rapes, et cetera. What does it say about humanity? Uh, but uh, James, any thoughts in this regard? Then I'll come back to Malik's story. Um, I, you ever watched the um, Truth and Reconciliation uh, hearings from South Africa? So Bishop Bishop Tutu, yep. in instrumental. Uh -huh. And um, well, you know, the, the Black Liberation Movement over there in South Africa, you know, they started bombing public places and buildings and, you know, they were labeled terrorists and they were locked up. Um, though they were natives, they were, they were the natives um, mm -hmm. to the land. And when they were released and pardoned, um, they had these, they had these reconciliation hearings to help the community heal. Right. And yeah. uh, during those, during those hearings, uh, them dudes would sit there and hear all these families, white families, who would um, call them monsters and murderers and, you know, that they should have never been free, they should have been killed. They would say all that stuff to them because, you know, they lost loved ones in the bombings. 
And them dudes would sit there and be unbothered by it. And they would simply say, we was at war. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they told them like the, the comfort you had to sit in that square to walk through those stores. Like it cost me all of my family. It, 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 my, it disappeared my neighbors. Mm-hmm. Your comfort. We was at war. And that was their response because they had suffered far more loss. You know, and so, you know, there's also a genocide going on in the Congo right now that we're not paying any attention to um, because there's no, uh, there's no interest. There's no, there's no interest, uh, financial interest. There's no power interest in us defending or speaking on it um, as a nation or being in our news cycles. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, L's going on that I think we should also focus on. Would you say, James, that, that there's a need for a, a truth and reconciliation, the, the same model to be kind of replicated now in terms of addressing the Middle East situation? Or no, it I, think it needs, I think it needs to happen addressing what's happened in America. Okay, all right. Yeah, like we, we need a real truth and reconciliation uh, hearing okay. um, over here um, to, to, to wrestle with the, the history of this country. Um, you know, uh, Okay. History of this country. This country has such a history. It's done such damage to our communities that, you know, it, it, when they take refugees and they don't put them in our communities, mm. they deserve better than that, mm. right? So that that say a lot about our communities and how, how our communities are are, are are viewed. So um, I think there's a lot to be done over here, um, in light of how many people are killed this year over here. Good point. And, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned the the Congo and the. In the Sudan, we have North and South Sudan, and and, and other places. Malik, t- talk talk to me about are you are you, in terms of keeping healthy and wise and and and, and on the good foot. What, what's keeping you keeping your keeping your eyes open and and focused on the future? Yeah, you know, wanting to stay alive, <laughs> wanting to be alive. You know, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I'm you, just out here, man. You know, exercising, trying to you know trying to stay fit, man, and um, yeah. you know, just trying to keep my mind right. Um, so before I before I um, was released from prison, I, I had been accepted to college. You know what I mean mm-hmm. in in prison. So now you know that that can transition out here. So you know actually I um I'm I'm in a different state. So I'm in the process of having that transferred over, and then I'll, I'll I'll be you know I'll be attending college. I'll be doing it um you know online because I have a job, and um you know just keeping me busy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean you know while I'm waiting out this process. Like I, I listened to the last show, you know, and James basically broke down mostly everything that needed to be broken down about yes. what my, my situation. So now I'm here in um, the state, you know, they chose to appeal after the judge issued an order um, of them to either state the intent to retry me in 60 days or they have to, you know, just throw the case out or they they took their option of appeal, which all that all this is doing is prolonging you know, they're inevitable. They're just prolonging the process, mm-hmm. which to me, I it's offensive to me, you know what I mean? Given what the judge ruled and the fact that I don't believe that the state, they they don't have a case, and yet it's still you're going to appeal it. Like, I mean, it's their option to do it, so they, they, they have that right. But, I mean, you know, we never said that, you know, that they were high on humility, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Which is just <laughs> unfortunate, you know what I mean? You know, when it, here an injustice was done. You know why? Why not just go ahead and and and, and accept it and, and and let's move on. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Instead of putting me and my family, you know, through you know more of a process. Right. You know what I mean? So you know, that's just one of the things that um, 
you know, that that that's going on. But yet that's not going to stop me or hinder me from, you know, doing what I have to do, you know, moving forward. You know what I mean? I'm confident in in, in the judge's ruling. Um, there was an attorney who, who spoke out against it, who used the word that is unassailable or unflappable. Like, you know what I mean? So uh, we'll see how, how this all plays out. But um, in the meantime, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to live my life. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm trying to, you know, just get the most out of it and just do what I have to do moving forward. And Malik, tell me about your T-shirt. I sense that there's a, this is a, that there's a... That, um, James, um, <laughs> this that James had. It's, it's a full citizen um, coalition shirt too, which is you know his his um, you know his his his, his company. Um, this is this is a young Malik. I, like I'm, I'm with my son, who I was with maybe like this is like what a week after he was born, and then I was arrested like maybe six days after that. Uh -huh. So you know that that was the extent of me with my newborn child, just 13 days. You know what I mean? So you know that's something that weighed heavy on me throughout that whole process. You know what I mean? Because when my son was born, I had, or even before he was born, I had realized that, you know, that I was going to be responsible for another life. And mm -hmm. um, I had to get my act together. And, you know, I had decided to do that. And then here, you know, I was ripped, you know, ripped out of his life. You know what I mean? So in a sense, you know, he was cheated out of having a father. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, I think that all children need both parents. You know what I mean? And fathers are... are are definitely uh, uh, integral, you know, to the development and growth of of, of any child. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And removing that, you know, that's not only going to affect the child, but it's going to affect other parts of the family as well. And um, you know, I'm just grateful now, though, that you know, my son grew up um, where he he didn't fall into some of the things that you know a lot of fatherless uh, uh, children do, like the statistics. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? He could have easily grew up, you know, being mad and, you know, saying, well, look, my dad is in prison, so I'm a, he, this is my excuse to just act out. And yet he didn't. He turned out to be a good kid. So I'm grateful, you know, for that to his mother and to the people as a community that, you know, made sure, you know, that he was able to grow up, you know what I mean, and not have to go through any of the things that, you know what I mean, that I may have had to go through. So what's, you know, his, what's, his, what's his first name? He said, yeah, Junior, his name is Malik, too. All right. Yeah. So, 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 t t tell him right now how much you love him. Yeah, he know that. I, I love right. him. I love him to death, man. He, well, I love him to life, man. He know that, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he, he got my name and I told him he got to wear that proud, man. And, hmm. you know, for me or for any man, you, you always want your children to be better than you. I don't, mm -hmm. you don't want your children to be like you. You be better than me. You know what I mean? You be greater than me. You know? Excellent. Excellent. More of us need to do that. So, I appreciate your. You're doing that, but brother Jeter. Well, what's what's cooking in your in your brain? Um. Oh, I want to um on the shout out on the shout out tip. Um, sure. I want to shout out Elliot Kimball who directed the uh Freedom League uh, documentary. Um, mm -hmm. and, like you know, this was um a result of uh a couple of years of um just not giving up on keeping things in a, in a particular light. Um, and so so Sarah Stillman. Um, and I, we collaborated on that year round, um, mm -hmm. and, and having different people contribute um, to highlighting um, Malik's case and other cases like his, like Daryl Valentine's and Scott Lewis's case. Um, and so I actually, uh, in conversation, talked about it so much that uh, Wesleyan's Jewish Center had came across some funding, and they reached out in support, and. Yes. Uh, which is how we have to be had the funding to 
shoot the documentary. Um, mm-hmm. through, uh, New yeah, so shout out to them too. You know what I mean? Uh, Clips and they going. I mean, we'll hopefully we'll be able to, to, to go to the campus soon and and um hold a dialogue with uh, Clifton and um Diana Martinez over at the Jewish Center. Uh, who Good. really was well, the reason why we were able to get Pedro Bermudez and Elliot Kimball to to uh, film and direct uh, this project and really believe in the project. So, and Malik, you mentioned about the last poets. Tell me why you were in, or, or even now, some of the the books or films or people that you admire, either historically or that kind of kind of gives you guidance when you're your 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 dark moments, who you, who you look up to or or read or kind of think about to kind of get re-inspired and re-engaged because this this life journey is not always easy. Yeah, no, nah, it's 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 a lot of people, man. Um, you know, well, Muhammad Ali is one of my idols, man. I just really feel that um, you know, just the sacrifice that he made, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. during the time when he was at the height of his um his sports career, um, he took a stand that many people wouldn't have done. And That's he right. used his celebrity, you know what I mean, as a platform to speak out against social injustice, mm-hmm. you know, or or discrimination or whatever during a time when, you know, that just was it was taboo. Like it just it wasn't it wasn't a heard of. I right, so one of the first people that actually inspired me was Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Um, when I read his book, The Autobiography of Malcolm X, it changed me. Mm. Um, I, at that time, I knew not, I, I didn't know what social consciousness meant. I, I knew none of this stuff until I read his book. Um, that changed me, right? So then I read this book, Message, Message, Message to the Black Man from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that had an impact on me as well. Then um, I read a book um, called The Spook Who Sat By The Door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that book, I don't know, for whatever reason, it was a, it was a little book. But yeah. after I read it, it made me want to read more because I didn't know Black people can write books like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it, it, from that point on, I, you know, I started my, you know, my, my reading um, progression. I went through all of the Black Power books and it just kept going on and on and on. But I've read many books. I've read a plethora of books, right? Mm-hmm. So... Another book that um, that that I that I love and um, um, it was from um, Sister Maya Angelou. Mm. It was called "All God's Children Need Traveling Shoes or Walking Shoes," mm. and it was so ironic because in the book she actually talked about how Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X they had like this little issue, but they had met up in Liberia, I believe, mm-hmm. because it was during the time when blacks were leaving the, this country. They wanted to start a country in Africa that was similar to America, but run by blacks and if you mm-hmm. look at the liberian flag i believe it looks like an american flag you know what mm-hmm. i mean so it was it was crazy and i think the um w.e.d the boys had already expatriated himself over there you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah that book and I, I love that book i'm doing the zoom you could again yeah, excuse me excuse me i'm at work hold on for a second I'm, we're good we're good but yeah um so they, those are some of the people who um give me a few more i, I love i love that because the education, and just for people to hear, you mentioned the word W.B. Du Bois and, and, and Malcolm X and others. That's more just as profound as a teacher in a classroom at Hill House right now is mentioning these names. I mean, there's a certain there's a certain additional energy impact to hear it from your lips rather and nothing to, you know disparaging against teachers, et cetera. But but give, give me a few drop, drop a few more names on me. All right, so then I had a poster right with Jackie Robinson right that mm-hmm. said that. It was. I thought that it was profound. It said that a life is not important except for the impact it has on other lives. Mm. And when I when I read that, I, that it, that just really meant like 
when you see it on face value, like you know, you some people might just read it and don't, you know, they might just this this take it on face value. But I just I saw how profound how profound that was. You know what I mean? And Indeed. he actually did affect a lot of lives in this country. That's you right. Know what I mean, based on the based on what he did. You know what I mean? And integrating you know, um, on baseball, but I look at sports that way anyway, like, you know, sports is different. Like I think sports is necessary because, you know, it teaches people about people. You know what I mean? It brings people from all different walks of life and, you know, and some that necessarily wouldn't, you know, be in other people's, you know, spaces or whatever. And Mm -hmm. and they get to find out about each other. You know what I mean? And then at the end of the day, they might find out that, you know what, (laughs) we're not different, you know, just Mm -hmm. because of the color of our skin or whatever that, you know, whatever may have you like. So, yeah, you know, Jackie Robinson, um, that quote from him. And then just recently, um, that 1619 project, I mean, the sister mm-hmm. who came out with that book, I believe that every black, per- the every black family should have that book. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not just every black family, but even white people, because it, the information in there is, 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 is in there, you know what I mean? And um, there were a lot of people, there was a collaborative that, um, that, that, that put that, 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 you know, that put that together. Like, I think it was from the New York Times or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Different people who, you know, contributed to that. And um, I just think that that's something that people need to look at and read because the information in there is invaluable. Excellent, excellent. We have about five minutes. My, I'll call you, you know, the mighty mighty gents. We have about five minutes, my, mighty gents. So I want you to kind of kind of weigh in. I guess I want to say briefly about Jackie, Jackie Roosevelt uh, Robinson. And Ms. James, you mentioned about the, the historic um, governmental surveillance system and policing. Many folks don't know that when Jackie, of course, played for the New York, the, the uh, uh, New York Dodgers, the, the Brooklyn Dodgers. But be, so, but he went to in '48. But he went to he was sent to Montreal to play in the minor leagues. Even when he was sent to the minor leagues, just after um, being Branch Rickey signing him, the FBI started wow. a file started a file on him. Before he even got to the majors, you can you can Google it. It's a redacted file, but much of it is still there. But the FBI started a file on Jackie back in 1947. He hadn't committed any crimes, but 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 they knew that that he uh, that he might be having the usual word Malik an impact. So there's a, a FBI file on Jackie and, and speeches he gave and where he spoke and who was monitoring him, uh, just in terms of the, this surveillance society and this. We use this, use this term carceral state today, but as you referenced, uh, James, it's been it's been around for for some time. We have about f- four more minutes. Uh, James, any 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 comments that I want to ask Malik to kind of close us out, and then Harry, if we can play the uh, the last poets, that would be great. Is that again? Any comments? What? Any closing comments? You just for a few seconds, and I want to give Malik the last word. Oh um, yeah, um, nah, just thank you for having us, Tom. Um, look forward to coming back and and furthering this conversation. Um, and that's it. Okay. Appreciate okay. You. All right. Uh, in terms of your organization, do you need any funders or allies or or friends? You or know, what? we always need funders. Um, there's a larger project that um, <laughs> like there's a larger project that we're hoping to we're hoping to uh bring to fruition. Um, around uh, what 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 transpired uh, institutionally and systematically um, in the New Haven Police Department in the State Attorney's Office um, in New Haven, and um, the 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 harm like 
uh, uh, people's trial, the harm that it, that it has caused the communities. And so, how can people? He's funding. How can people find it? Is there a particular website or telephone number? How can people find out more about about your initiative? Um, they can go to uh, the foodcitizenscoalition.org, uh, look at what we're working on, and um, donate. Okay. And uh, Malik, last word, thirty seconds. Um, you know, I'm, first of all, I appreciate you know um, you time for giving us you know the, um, this platform just to get up here and let people hear you know just a little bit about my story. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you know, I'm just waiting to see what happens with this process, man. And, you know, hope that we be get the decision that, you know what I mean, we all um, been waiting on and so that I can just move forward, man, and hope that, you know, um, we get to shed light on, on situations like this because at the end of the day, whenever there's no accountability, you know what I mean, stuff like this is going to repeat itself. Indeed. So, you know, hopefully we can have some type of conversation or, or you know, or this can bring up stuff that we can bring to the table and, and, you know, so we can try to, you know, just, just fix this stuff, man, that's going Excellent. on. Well, I'll see you guys in, in, in the next year, in 24, for us to continue. It's a movement. It's, it's not like a Thank party. you. Appreciate you, man. All right, you know man. I mean? o um, over and out. Happy. Be right. happy. Be committed. Safe. All right. Peace. Harry, let's play it. <laughs>